You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily fantasy football podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Iyer, and when I'm not doing this, I'm writing about NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com. You can follow me on Twitter, at Vinny Iyer, to see all the latest content I have up on the site. Now, if you go, it's total NFL free agency mode. We teased this there. We had the big trade that we talked about, uh, big trades, I should say, with the Browns on the previous show including Tyrod Taylor and Jarvis Landry. Well, we're going to continue the wide receiver conversation. That was the biggest marquee position going into free agency and uh, officially kicks off Wednesday at 4 p.m. But all these deals have already been agreed to. Most of the big-name wide receivers were off the board here. One is out there now that uh, is a big name that was a fantasy stud in the past. So that's what we're going to do on today's show, breakdown all the signings that happened uh, on top of uh, what Landry did going to the Browns. So a lot of good stuff to talk about. And we'll also save a little time for those uh, tight ends as well. Two very notable tight ends got deals and are in good situations. So wide receivers and tight ends is what we're talking about today. Changing places, new faces in new places. And we got to start here with the biggest prize that wasn't Landry, Allen Robinson. He goes to the Bears here. This is a great pickup for the Bears. Obviously, they were a mess at uh, wide receiver last year. Kendall Wright and Dontrell Inman and Josh Bellamy were their best options. Cameron Meredith, who, by the way, was re-signed as a restricted free agent on a one-year deal coming off an ACL, he looked like the real deal, but he got injured in the preseason, changed the course of the season. Kevin White, completely untrustworthy, still untrustworthy. That's why they went out and got Robinson. So Meredith and Robinson together could be pretty special here. Two guys coming off knees, so that's a little bit of concern. But with Allen Robinson, we know if he's with an accurate quarterback that's going to trust him all over the field, he's going to be very effective. And uh, with Mitchell Trubisky, that's one thing that was his profile coming out of North Carolina, even with the limited starts and playing time that he was an accurate quarterback that was going to get the ball in the right spots he made the best use of having right as his go-to guy out of slot right right now as a free agent so he's obviously going to be moving on but when you look at Allen robinson and what he can do just a very special skill set can stretch the field can really light it up in the red zone we know from 2015 1,400 yards receiving, 14 touchdowns. He can be an absolute monster everywhere on the field. I think it's even a better deal than what Alshon Jeffrey got the Eagles to go with Carson Wentz, another second-year quarterback at that time. So Robinson steps in here. He's going to be a big part of this Bears offense, immediate go-to guy, and going to be very productive, and he got some help. We'll talk about that when we get to the tight ends. But Robinson, love this upside here. Not saying it's going to automatically be his 15th season where he was a high-end wide receiver one. It's because it's a Bears passing game that we're still trying to figure out and feel here with Trubisky in year two. Matt Nagy, we know, made Alex Smith into fantasy relevance 
last year. So a lot of upside things looking up with Robinson. And uh, right now, he's a wide receiver two with a bullet going in without knowing anything else about this Bears offseason draft picks and such. The next move that we'll talk about is the other marquee guy, Sammy Watkins. We thought the Rams might keep him. You heard the Titans were interested, the Colts, Bears, all these teams that were thinking about bringing in Watkins. He lands with the Chiefs, and this surprised a lot of people. The Chiefs were not a rumored team, but here they are being very aggressive. They realize they're going to a downfield passing offense with Patrick Mahomes. I know they did that with Alex Smith, but moving away from Matt Nagy, they're letting Mahomes loose here. They have Tyreek Hill who can absolutely fly. Watkins can do that as well. Take the top off of a defense. When you have guys like Kareem Hunt in the underneath pass game and uh, Travis Kelsey also being able to push the seam there at tight end, it's lining up really well for Watkins. We know Watkins was a disappointment with the Rams. He was a clear third in production behind uh, Robert Woods and Cooper Cup after being traded from the Bills, but this could be more what Watkins was with the Bills, be a consistent guy there. I think in PPR, it's still very hard to trust Watkins. We know the volume wasn't as high, but he can be a big play guy. doesn't need that much. He's a tougher receiver than people give him credit. He's not just a speed receiver, so he's probably going to be the steadying receiver here all over the field. Albert Wilson moved on. We'll get to him in a second, but when you look at that, Watkins essentially replaces Albert Wilson. He's a better receiver all around. Can do a little bit more than stretch field, and I think he'll get that opportunity because Hill, we know, is the home run threat. Kelsey can do some damage as well getting downfield. So Watkins is going to be more complete receiver. He's going to get that opportunity in Kansas City. Very good West Coast offense receiver, as he proved last year working between uh, – Cup and Woods, he'll have a bigger role here. So PPR, again, the volume is not going to be high, but he doesn't need much to make some big plays and score touchdowns here. And I think he'll be a great fit with the skill set of Patrick Mahomes. Wilson moves on to the Dolphins. So if you look at the cycle of all this, Jarvis Landry going to the Browns and setting all this in motion, Wilson is going to be used a lot like Landry. Got a good deal here, three years, 24 Million with the Dolphins, you know, they have Devontae Parker and Kenny Stills. So Wilson will be kind of the versatile guy that they move everywhere. He can do a lot of little things. Don't be confused. He's not as good as Landry. The numbers just haven't been there. He would have been used like that in Kansas City if that were the case. But he's solid enough. And right now he's on the PPR radar as a wide receiver three. That's how far I'm going to go because we still have a Dolphins passing game. We're not sure if Ryan Tannehill is going to be the guy. He's looking good to come back from his knee, but then they could also draft a quarterback to change things up there. So Dolphins completely changing the culture. If you look at it, no more Ajay. Ajay traded away to the Eagles last year. Jarvis Landry traded. You got Indomitian Sue released. So they're going away from these types of players. So overall in fantasy, they're not as flashy, and I think that could hurt where I wouldn't be too excited about Wilson. Remember, he's hardly a blip on the radar in fantasy in Kansas City. So he's not just a Jarvis Landry replacement. Landry's a much better player and really good at what he does with those underneath routes. So not as excited about Wilson and his possibilities there. Now, another move we had was uh, Paul Richardson going to the Redskins. And you look at Paul Richardson and what he 
is. He's a deep threat a little bit, but also a pretty good West Coast offense receiver there coming from Seattle, going to Jay Gruden and Alex Smith. We know Alex Smith, it's a little bit hit or miss, but he needed somebody else with Josh Doxson in there. We're not sure if Jordan Reed is going to come back here. He's a big injury risk all the time. You have Jameson Crowder working the slot, so Crowder's probably going to still be busy. Doxson will get some looks, but Richardson, I don't know if you can look at him as a go-to guy yet. We have to see the chemistry develop between Smith and Richardson. Richardson flash, but he was no more than a wide receiver four in Seattle last year, so I'm going to tab him right now as a wide receiver three just because the presence of Crowder docks and Crowder is a very good uh, underneath the guy slot maybe the possession and volume while Doxon can score touchdowns Richardson's a little bit of both maybe the field stretcher and we know that Alex Smith doesn't always fit with the uh, field stretching type wide receiver so we're gonna have to wait and see on that one to see how productive Richardson is, but right now I'm not going to be higher than a wide receiver three on him in this particular offense. And I right now, if Reed is healthy and stays there, then you're looking at Richardson as 2A or 2B as an option in this offense. But still didn't stop him from getting a big deal, five years and $40 million. Now we look at one last guy here that was re-signed before we break here. Marquise Lee re-signed by the Jaguars. They keep him. Added also Dante Moncrief with a one-year $7 million contract. So Moncrief pretty much replaces Robinson, or they hope he will. It comes from a West Coast offense as well. Lee's just too versatile. Doesn't score a lot. I'm still not too excited about him. But without Robinson, uh, you have to think that Lee is going to be an integral part of this offense. Remember, Robinson didn't play at all last year, so... Alan Hearns really came on down the stretch. Moncrief, a little bit of a flyer here. So it's a wait and see. The Jaguars are still going to be a run-heavy team. They got Andrew Norwell, the guard, from the Panthers to upgrade their offensive line. Already a great run-blocking team. So still going to be all about the run. We'll have to see how it plays out between Moncrief, Lee, and Hearns as we get closer to the season if someone's standing out there with Bortles. But Bortles to Moncrief could be pretty special. Moncrief is the guy with the biggest upside. Lee is probably the guy with the easiest floor to trust in Jacksonville. Now we're talking a lot about these free agent wide receivers, but keep in mind the Locked On NFL Network has also got you covered for the NFL Draft, where it's Calvin Ridley of Alabama, Cortland Sutton of Southern Methodist, and Christian Kirk of Texas A&M. These are the top wide receivers available in the 2018 NFL Draft. Lockdown NFL Draft and John Ledyard and Trevor Sycamore have you covered. And it's a great show to keep track of all the prospects as we lead into late April, coming out of March. We'll know what teams really desperately need a wide receiver. And to keep track of those teams, listen to all your local team podcasts as well on the Lockdown Network. Again, the Lockdown Network is bringing your beat report for the NFL offseason in every which way. And, uh, Check those shows out for sure. Now we'll finish up with the wide receiving moves of note. We look at Danny Amendola. So he's out of the Patriots offense. He moves on to the Dolphins. Full circle because the Dolphins were the ones who discovered Wes Welker. So they get the Patriots slot receiver here. 
This is an indication also that the Patriots think Julian Edelman is on the way back to being fine. But Amendola had to cash in. A very good season. Very good end to his season for sure. So he moves on. They had Chris Hogan and Edelman and Brandon Cook. So no reason for the Patriots to keep Amendola. Good job by Amendola moving on. So Amendola and Albert Wilson, that clouds this situation even more. Wilson, we don't know if he's a two or a three or a slot or whatever. Amendola and Wilson, I think they're just trying to give themselves options in the Dolphins passing game for Ryan Tannehill's return. But again, with Parker and Stills there, it's very iffy to know. So this makes me feel even more about Wilson being a wide receiver three. And Amendola right now is a wide receiver four. He's an older guy, remember, and he's going away from the Patriots offense and Tom Brady. And Danny playoff is no longer in his best situation there. Now, Taylor Gabriel also signed with the Bears, joining Robinson. Again, gadget player. We saw him as a wide receiver, four or five, occasional streamer in the right matchup when he was doing his best in the Falcons. Uh, that didn't happen last year. He just was an afterthought moving on from uh, Kyle Shanahan to Steve Sarkeesian. So I don't feel that great about him because there are too many other options in the Bears' offense. Now, a couple interesting moves here that we had for the Ravens and John Brown one year five million dollars and Ryan Grant four years 29 so the Redskins move away from Ryan Grant basically Richardson comes in to replace Grant Jeremy Macklin we think is going to get cut Mike Wallace is a free agent so I think you're looking at the Ravens new top two receivers here by default with Brown and Grant now given the money here sometimes you have to follow the money Ryan Grant, they expect him to be a big part of this offense, working the slot and uh, sometimes being outside as well. So right now the money would say that Grant is a guy that they value a little bit more, while John Brown is a guy they're taking a flyer on there in Baltimore. So Brown, again, he's got all these uh, lower body injury issues. So they're basically hoping that he can stay healthy. Remember Brashad Perryman, Hasn't been able to stay healthy as that outside deep threat as he, in, in a sense, replaced Torrey Smith, but haven't had the exact results there in stretching the field. Mike Wallace has had to do a little bit of both, be that possession receiver and the big play guy. So they're trying to replace that void with Grant and Brown. So I think when you look at it, Brown is maybe more hedging your bets on Wallace, while Grant is more like what you'd expect from Macklin, a guy that's going to be busy, that they want to be busy all over the field for Joe Flacco. So remember the Ravens passing game has a limited ceiling here. Alex Collins, the running back, was retained here as a steal that they picked up from the Seahawks. So it's still a running team. I'm not sure I trust Graham Brown. I want to see what they do at tight end as well, where Joe Flacco might find his true go-to guy there in terms of underneath routes and the red zone. But Grant and Brown, they don't excite me too much about the Ravens passing game now another move on the other side of things was Jordy Nelson and this one unfortunately the Packers had to release him more than 10 million dollar cap hit they saved there by cutting Nelson and uh, it's unfortunate to see this happen but what this means for the Packers is Devontae Adams is clear cut their number one they paid him like that before he could become a free agent and enter this pool. And 
they had to make some concessions somewhere. They realized Adams is the guy with upside. Nelson fading there with the injuries and all that that have slowed him down and uh, didn't very look good with Aaron Rodgers or Brent Hundley last year. So Nelson, we'll see where he lands. I think he's got some uh, intrigue. The Raiders are a hot rumor as we record this podcast where they might look at him to replace Michael Crabtree, and that would be very intriguing for sure because we know Nelson can go up and get the ball and score in the red zone and have some value there. He's definitely lost a few steps in being able to stretch the field and be a big play guy, so that may not be his value, but he'd definitely be a touchdown maker wherever he goes, and that's probably his biggest value left in fantasy to this point. I don't think he's going to be a high-volume, productive player going forward, but uh, I think he can be very good in the right offense. And I would say the Raiders, having the connection there to the Packers with the uh, Reggie McKenzie running the show there, and uh, John Gruden is a big Jordy Nelson guy as well. So there are a lot of things that could provide upside for Nelson. But in terms of uh, what you're seeing there in Green Bay, there's definitely a bit of a changing of the guard in terms of Adams being the clear number one receiver, the newest number one. Remember Aaron Rodgers came in there and you were looking at uh, Donald Driver and Greg Jennings. Then we had the turnover to Nelson and Randall Cobb. And this is just the next progression of that where you're looking at Adams. So Adams is going to be locked in as a wide receiver one now for sure with Nelson. Oh, the picture, you figure with Rodgers and the chemistry, it's going to go all in on Adams. So he's also a big winner of free agency from uh, where he went. And when you look at Robinson and Watkins, they're your best options of the guys who change teams out of this group for sure. And uh, Nelson, let's hope he lands somewhere where he's going to have a little bit more fantasy relevance than he did there in 2017. Now, you got to check out all the great podcasts on the NBA side of things on the Locked On NBA Network. We got... Uh, you covered coast to coast as the playoffs come closer here. Teams making their final jaunt there to get in position one through eight for the conference championships and uh, playing for that. So listen to that and uh, make sure you cross over as well as the season comes to a close to uh, Locked On Fantasy Basketball to get you uh, up to date on all the things you need to know to kill it in DFS and your closing stretch in your year-long fancy basketball leagues. As promised, we'll close the show here with uh, a look at the tight end pickups. And we were talking about Jordy Nelson before and related to that for the Packers was signing Jimmy Graham. Jimmy Graham to the Packers, a team that we didn't expect would jump on him. We heard a lot about the Saints going after him, but he ends up in Green Bay, working with Aaron Rodgers. So think about this. He goes from Drew Brees to Russell Wilson to Aaron Rodgers. Not so bad at all. Remember, they've tried Jared Cook in there. They've tried Martellus Bennett. Neither of them worked as well as they would have liked. I think they won't want to have kept Cook, but then they had to go down the rabbit hole with Bennett, and he was a disaster with the injury issues and all that. So they're trying again. They're committed to getting a tight end who can finish in the red zone. That's what they're basically doing with these guys. And a guy that can uh, change the way you defend Aaron Rodgers, someone who can stretch the field occasionally. The problem with Graham is he really slowed down last year with uh, 
The Seahawks, he was pretty much just a one-trick red zone thread at the end. He was very good at that. He was a consistent scorer to put him on the fantasy football radar week in and week out. That was enough to do it. He expected a little bit more, but he got on a real hot streak in scoring touchdowns, and we know he'll have plenty of opportunities to do that in the Packers' offense. I don't think he'll hurt Devontae Adams. I think he'll actually help because there's another presence in short scoring position that can deliver. He'll also help the running game as well. So... Graham's not going to do that as a blocker, but just his presence and having to draw a safety here from time to time is going to help the running backs there, namely uh, Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones. So when you look at this, I like the Rodgers-Graham pairing. I think this could be good chemistry, good size here that they needed at that position, Good can go up and get the ball in key situations. So a little bit of change for the Packers offense. They're not doing Adams and Nelson. It's more like Adams and Cobb and a little bit of Graham working the inside intermediate routes there. But Graham, you wanted him to land with a good quarterback, whether it was Breeze, staying with Wilson, finding another situation. And uh, going to the Packers is pretty darn good for Graham. Staying in the division, we got to look at uh, Trey Burton sliding over from the Eagles, signed by the Bears, and the Bears are going to waste no time using him as a key player here in their offense. Remember, they had Zach Miller, had the horrific injury in New Orleans. Uh, the leg issue had to be in the hospital, very scary situation there. Deion Sims also had a weird injury from which he returned. But you look at Burton, it's definitely an upgrade. He's a young guy, four years, 32 million. So they really like the upside of him. If you remember in fantasy, if you had Zach Ertz and you saw Ertz suddenly was scratched for a game, Burton came in, was highly productive there, did some damage. He's a very talented young receiver, probably underused. We know he's underused there in Philadelphia behind both Zach Ertz and Blocker Brent Selick, who, by the way, was released by the Eagles. When you look at Burton, the upside is there to be a key receiver. And we know young quarterbacks, especially like Trubisky, security blanket of the tight end working the routes. We know what uh, Travis Kelsey became for Matt Nagy there in Kansas City. So the Bears head coach has big things planned for Burton. When you have Allen Robinson and his size and field stretching ability, that's going to open up some opportunities for Trey Burton on the other side of things here to be productive. So Right now, when you look at it, uh, Meredith, they're not 100% sure of what he can do yet. I think they're confident that he can return and be effective here. But Meredith is the number two. Allen Robinson is the number one. Right now, if they move on with not signing Kendall Wright or don't force a slot receiver in free agency, Trey Burton could be the guy that they look at a lot, much like what we had in Kansas City where you had uh, Tyreek Hill taking the top off of defense, had Wilson doing some damage on the outside as well to complement, and then a lot of Travis Kelsey more as the second option there. So expect some uh, big things from Burden. I think he right now is a back-end tight end one. Same thing with Jimmy Graham. Jimmy Graham, because he's not a high-volume high catch guy that you can trust yet or yardage guy, he's there for the touchdowns. Burden, I, I think he's more of a back-end tight end one because there's the upside. We're still not sure how much he's going to tap into it, but the history of Nagy and tight ends and Kelsey and what Trubisky is right now as a young quarterback would suggest that he'll be a busy security blanket. I think with Burton, the 
less of a certainty is the touchdowns and how much he's going to be involved in scoring position. But he'll be there getting the ball quite a bit. And uh, you look at a guy that probably is in the mix for six catches for 60 yards from most weeks in the right uh, matchups here. So he's definitely on the radar. Very talented guy. We know he threw the Philly special touchdown pass. And uh, that's all you need to know as well as the money that the Bears were willing to invest in it. So there you have it. There's the look at the wide receiver and uh, tight end moves of note in the first wave of NFL free agency in 2018 and how it applies to fantasy football. That's your early, early look at that. Things are going to change as we know the chemistry of these new receivers and their quarterback and uh, what else is in the mix for these offenses through free agency in the draft. But for now, you got to get ahead of it and uh, do some advanced scouting. That's what we're here for all offseason long on Lockdown Fantasy Football. For Lockdown Fantasy Football, this has been Vinny Iyer. We'll see you next time as we break down the running back moves in NFL free agency.